You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 173. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey team, this is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast here today with a great episode called Ask Me Anything. I try to do an episode like this once a quarter where I have clients or people who follow me on social media online ask me anything they want about my health, fitness, nutrition, or even hobbies and life. So we got some great questions today and we're going to go through all of those with a little bit of information on how things have changed for me with fitness and nutrition as I am in my mid to late 40s now. People ask me if I've always been healthy or if this has been a new lifestyle in the last half of my year. Also questions about yo-yo dieting, what's my favorite ice cream, and am I someone who has a lot of snacks? Does snacking come easily for me? Do I snack all the time? Lots of great questions from all of you after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are talking about fish versus supplements. So to get the health benefits of the omega-3s that I'm sure you've heard so much about, about how healthy the omega-3s are and how we need them, the American Heart Association recommends eating at least two three and a half ounce servings of non-fried fish per week. Fish supplies the two types of omega-3s that studies suggest have the greatest health benefits. That's the EPA and the DHA. Fish oil supplements also do contain EPA and DHA, but most studies, and many have been done over the years, have not found pills to be as helpful as simply eating seafood for most people. For example, a 2018 analysis of studies involving a total of 77,917 men and women at high risk for cardiovascular disease, published in the journal JAMA Cardiology, found no benefit to taking omega-3 supplements, even in people who had diabetes or prior heart disease. Moreover, when you opt for pills over fish, you don't get the other nutrients that fish contains. Some of the benefits of fish may be because it replaces meat in your diet, so I'd skip the supplements and spend the money on a salmon dinner any day, says Dr. David Sisevec, senior research scientist at the New York Academy of Medicine in New York City. So couple things to take away. For one, you definitely want to have fish a couple times a week. That is something that I absolutely strive for. And for me, I don't actually like to cook fish when my husband's home. That's usually what my request for him to cook is. <laughs> Will you cook fish tonight? Um, but that's something that I'll generally order when I eat out because if I can go out to eat, and I do that a couple times a week, that's a great time to order fish, salmon being one of the healthiest fish you can possibly get. So if you're like me and you don't like to cook it at home, let that be the thing you order when you go out. And then the second thing to note in this uh, article is once again, these pills that people take. 
These supplements that people take are never as good as just eating the real food. So, so many people are taking these fish oil supplements daily because they think that that's a huge benefit for their body. For one, we know it's not regulated. Two, we don't know what is actually in there. And three, you're always gonna get a better source if you eat the food directly, meaning go ahead and eat fish and drop the supplement and if you can just get your fish in that three and a half ounce servings a couple times a week, you won't even need those supplements and you'll get more nutrients on top of it. So there you go. There you have the Eagle's Eye on Health. Now let's talk today about some questions that lots of different clients and followers on social media had for me personally. I'm gonna go ahead and, and shout out some names of people who, who brought these questions for this episode. Thank you to Ashley Cheney, Amy Feltis, Susan Burton, Nell Kennedy, uh, Nell Kennedy, Emily Christie, and Carly Steele. Those were the clients of this particular episode that I took the questions from. If you ever do have a question that you would like me to go over on the podcast, please feel free. Email me, kim at earnthatbody.com. I save all the questions up, and like I said, I try to do an episode like this quarterly. So our very first question was, as a woman in your 40s, what are you doing differently now than in your 20s and 30s in order to maintain an active lifestyle, pain-free life, etc.? whether it's general fitness routine or what you eat or whatever. Well, I can definitely tell you that as I am now 47 years old, I have definitely made some changes, especially most recently in the last couple years as I'm in my later 40s now, to my fitness, to my diet, and to my overall mindset. Now let's face it, in our 20s we can get away with anything. <laughs> we could drink everything, uh, you know, all the cocktails in the world and recover just fine the next day. Uh, our metabolism is amazing, um, you know. 20s is an easy life. 30s, a little bit harder, but still pretty good, right? I feel like we can manage everything in our 30s pretty well. But definitely when you hit your 40s, a lot of things change, especially as a woman. I once had a, a doctor tell me, an OBGYN, that when all women hit 40, everything changes for them. Um, meaning like our menstrual cycles start changing. Even if you don't, you're not perimenopausal yet, everything changes, he said, once you hit 40. And I honestly do believe that. Now, that being said, so what have I changed? Well, in the last year or so, definitely on the fitness level, I am taking a step back from so much intensity, all right? So what do I mean by that? A woman's body can only handle so much intensity because it creates a lot of cortisol in the body. That intense cardio, uh, cardiovascular type exercise or even really heavy strength training, like super heavy CrossFit kind of training, it's a ton of stress on the body and it puts a lot of cortisol into our body. We don't need that in our 40s and older because we are starting to have hormonal shifts perimenopausal to menopausal, where that cortisol is doing much more harm than it used to at age 20 and 30 because of our changing estrogen levels. So I know for me personally, I am I have taken a step back in the last um, 
six months for sure, but six months to a year of the intensity of the workouts I'm doing, I make sure I have more recovery days. Now, sometimes that's complete days off of exercise, that it's a given that I take one full day off a week, and then I try to have one or two active recovery type days where I still work out, but at a very low heart rate. And that's super important for every woman to do as we start getting older. It's actually another thing that I have in utilizing sort of in the willpower workout program coming out in April is setting up a program because it's primarily for women to show you how to do a build of workouts through a 21 day period and how to take recovery days and active recovery work in that week and then how to you know build up and then dial it back down and then build up and dial it back down because that is what's going to help over time. Now in terms of my eating, how has my eating changed? I still eat a super balanced diet. I have for the last 20 years. Um, but I probably am not able to sneak in as many treats as I used to. I definitely feel like as I'm in my mid forties now, it, everything is just harder, right? So they always say like your metabolism changes and it's harder to lose weight. Well, in some respects that's true. So I feel like I, I probably could sneak more treats in the old days, but I also years ago, you know, was training for Ironman. And when I was working out at that level, I certainly could handle eating more treats. But um, as we get older, the body just doesn't seem to adapt as quickly. But overall, my, my nutrition is the same because I've always been eating a pretty balanced diet. Now, the last thing I would say, though, that I have changed the most, and that is the most important to me going forward, is my mental state and meditation. I mean, it is just everywhere I look right now. The research is showing that the meditation is so important in our life for so many reasons. And so I'm starting to just really dial it in and take it more and more seriously. Less social media time for me, uh, which means less stress and doing everything I can to keep my stress lower and getting into a more peaceful mind state and doing that with meditation. So that is something I have changed as I get older. Uh, it becomes more and more important for your health, I think. I think it's important for all stages of life, but the reality is a 20-year-old is probably not going to be as focused on meditating because they're so busy with other things than perhaps a 40-year-old woman. So great questions. Um, my next question is, are you observing the trend of what's your word for 2020? So I do generally have some kind of word. If you follow the Earn That Body newsletter, if you're on the list, then you probably got that first email. And I talked about this year being the year you honor your body. So honor is my word, I guess you could say, this year. I think that honor is so important on all levels, honoring the body being the most important one because I see far too many people beating themselves up physically and emotionally and you only get one body, right? So it's so important to honor it at all times. So my word is honor. And next question was, do you practice New Year's resolutions? Why or why not? I really don't do New Year's resolutions. You've probably heard that in most of my podcasts because most resolutions are very extreme. They're, they're very like, okay, now I'm going to do this. And it's very all or none. And I feel like when you do that, the day you miss it that one time, you just give up. 
And it shouldn't be about giving up because of one day that you missed out on doing your run or your workout or whatever your resolution was. So I don't really believe in resolutions. I just try to continue my healthy way of life. And like I said earlier, I just, if anything, try to increase the meditations that I'm able to do. The next question, do you follow the hunger scale or do you eat your meals and snacks like clockwork, whether you're hungry or not? Well, I eat three meals a day. Every day I eat breakfast. It's my favorite meal of the day, as should be yours. Uh, Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. I highly believe that. I eat three meals a day plus two snacks a day always. Now, am I always hungry for them? Yes. (laughs) I don't ever have a problem being hungry for three meals a day and two snacks. So I don't really ever have to force eating. The only time I really ever force eating is when I'm in a high endurance training um, schedule, if I'm training for marathons or more, more likely the Ironman when the expenditure of calories that you burn is so high that you do get to the point where you do have to force some calories. But on the general day-to-day, three meals, two snacks, um, I eat every two to three hours. So I guess like you're saying, more on a clockwork schedule. I don't base it on hunger because if you get to the point where you're hungry, it's too late. That is a very concerning thing. I always tell my clients, Don't wait till you get too hungry or even hungry because that's when all bets are off in terms of you're more likely to grab unhealthy food once you get to that hunger point because your body's blood sugar is really low and it's going to do everything it can to pick that up quickly, which means when you're in the market and that candy bar is right there, you're going to grab it if you're hungry. So I try to never let myself get hungry by eating every two to three hours. The next question, the ETB, Earn That Body community, looks to you for health and wellness advice because we respect you and we trust you. We know you've done the research. We know that you trust and respect the advice of people like Jillian Michaels and Dr. Andrew Weil, but who else is on your list? I always try to get my sources of information and research from the highest level possible, the most credible sources. So instead of like looking at Us Magazine or Cosmopolitan, (laughs) things like that, I I generally do. I like Jillian Michaels. I like Dr. Well. I also get a lot of my research from Harvard News, Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, um, Berkeley News as well. So any of those higher level research type places is where I generally get my information. Then they ask, who would be your dream person to interview on your podcast? It's so funny because I don't really, I don't do a lot of interviews, um, mostly because this is more of an educational, inspirational podcast. But I actually, that being said, I, I do enjoy doing the interviews and I try to do one a quarter and I have a really good one coming up, just so you know. Um, but I don't really have and I anyone that I'm dying to have on my podcast I love women who inspire me. I love women who are healthy and committed to taking care of themselves. I'm not really into the stars who get all the plastic surgery. Um, I'm more into the ones who don't get the surgery and are aging gracefully. Um, 
But that being said, you never really know who those people are. You don't, you know, I could say I'd love to have Jillian Michaels on the podcast because I think she's sort of around my age level, a little younger perhaps, um, but still so super fit. And I think she looks great. And I think she generally, you know, talks the talk and walks the walk. But that being said, we don't know. Like for all I know, she's had a lot of plastic surgery, but she's had good plastic surgery, which means I can't tell. That's the good kind of surgery, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, I also know there's so many people out there that are these fitness professionals and influencers who say one thing, but what they actually do, I've heard about a couple that makes me really sad is that they, they don't follow anything they actually tell you to do and they are starving themselves or they're overtraining to look that way or they, they have these huge, you know, yo-yo jumps in weight all the time. Um, and so that's sad. We don't really know the truth about a lot of, I think, the health and fitness influencers. So Again, I take everything with a grain of salt when I when I see people. But if I really had to pick one person, of course it's Madonna. <laughs> Madonna, she's uh, she's amazing. Clearly had a lot of work. Uh, puts her body through a lot in many ways. I'm sure she has done a lot of drugs and alcohol in her day. She's partied hard, but she is just she's Madonna, and she's so awesome. So I guess if I had to pick someone, be her. I think I'd be terrified to actually interview her. She's kind of a scary woman, but. I still think she's awesome. All right, next question. Have you always lived a health and fitness lifestyle or was there a before? Well, there was for sure a before, um, but I would say I've always been active and healthy. Uh, I was a dancer growing up, so I think I danced about four days a week. My mom cooked all our meals and she was one of those moms who cooked a healthy dinner every single night with a vegetable every night. Thank you, mom, because you instilled that in me. And so I make sure that my child and husband, every night we have dinner at home, except on weekends. Um, And honestly, when you cook at home every single night with a healthy vegetable every night, like my mom did, I didn't have any weight problems. Uh, I just, you know, again, I I was active, but I didn't really... I didn't see my dancing as a way to be healthy. It's just what I love to do. Now, that being said, in college, I went to UC Santa Barbara and I gained the freshman 15. And that's because I had no understanding and no education on what eating healthy food was. So my mom cooked dinner every single night, um, but I really didn't understand anything, nor do I think she did. She just made a home-cooked meal every night. I didn't know what was healthy. And so when I went into the dorm and I had to eat dorm food, which I did not like their kind of dorm food, I was eating like sugar cereal every night instead. If I didn't like what they were making for their main hot meal, I would just eat the the Lucky Charms. <laughs> there was a lot of Lucky Charms and a lot of ice cream in my first year of, of college and I gained weight. Imagine that. So what do you think I did that summer? My mom and I went on a diet and in those days, you went on a 1200 calorie diet because that's what everybody did, right? That for some reason, 1200 was the magic number. We did that. I chewed a lot of gum because I was always hungry, but I did lose the weight. Um, College went well, but after college, I had a broken engagement. I was engaged to be married, and um, we called it off, and it definitely broke my heart. And after that, I had a couple years of really big emotional struggle. 
Um, and so going into graduate school, there was more weight gain, and that's when I had a lot of yo-yo dieting, and I just wasn't really happy in general. Um, then in my later half of graduate school, that's where I learned a lot about nutrition. Um, and then honestly, I got in the best shape of my life after uh, a divorce. So when my son was two, I got a divorce and I asked myself, do you want to get fit or do you want to get fat? Because that is a conscious choice that you make. I chose fit. And from that day on, I did everything I could to educate myself about nutrition, being healthy, lifestyle nutrition, and losing weight in a, a sustainable way. That's when Earn That Body started because everything I was doing started working and I never felt better and I never looked better. And so that's sort of the evolution <laughs> of where it all happened. Uh, so I certainly wasn't as healthy as I am today back in the day, but there was a slow evolution to where I am now. Great question. Next question. There are so many Americans who yo-yo diet, they lose a bunch of weight and then they gain it all back. Knowing about the mindset where people think of a diet as a temporary thing, what would you tell people who find themselves slipping out of a healthy way of living? Well, of course, we live in a world where diets and dieting is a billion dollar industry now. Isn't that crazy? People have to want to make lifestyle changes. So if they want to get off the diet train, I talk about it all the time. You've got to get off this train or I promise you, you will be on it forever. You can find a new diet every Monday and you will fail by Friday and you will be up and down in weight week after week, month after month, and that can go on forever until you're done with it. Like when you're really done with it, that's what I tell people. If you're tired, of all these fast weight loss ideas that will not last and you're finally ready to make lifestyle changes, that's when you'll finally get healthy and you'll notice it's sustainable weight loss. Some people aren't ready. They wanna drop five to 10 pounds in a week. They're not willing to lose one to two pounds a week. But what I try to get them to understand is five to 10 pounds a week is not realistic. Half of that is water weight and the other half is you're starving yourself and you won't sustain it, which is why you binge eat a week later because your body is smarter than you and it's trying to stay alive, right? You're starving it. It will give you every craving there is to get more carbohydrates, more sugar in your system because that's not the way to do it. But if you think about it, like if you lost one to two pounds a week, which I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but where does that put you six months from now? And if you weren't starving to get there, that's when you know you're done with yo-yo dieting. Next question. Do you have to make a conscious effort to not snack or is this easy for you? My husband is not a snacker, but my side of the family is. Well, I don't have to make a conscious effort because I literally have it so ingrained in my schedule. Like I said earlier, I have three meals a day plus two snacks. And, and depending, of course, on my workout training, like if I'm Ironman training, it's more than two snacks, but it's a set amount of snacks. And so when you kind of have a schedule like that, I feel like I don't endlessly snack because I tell myself three meals and in between those three meals are two snacks. And that's when I eat. 
I don't really stray from that because that's that grazing thing that maybe you're talking about. Like you want to snack all the time. And it's kind of just because that's what you're used to now. And I think what helps people stop doing that is just giving yourself a bit of an eating schedule. Three meals a day, two to three snacks, but no grazing. The next question was, do you think Charlie, which is my 17-year-old son, do you think Charlie will be healthy, a healthy, well-balanced eater when he goes off to college? Scary thought, I'm sure, but it's coming quick, mama. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry. Yes, Charlie is a junior. He will be a senior next year. He is in the application process for colleges. It's a very stressful time for all of us. <laughs> um, and Charlie knows everything I've ever taught him about healthy eating. So he knows what to do. That being said, he is a teenager. So he still goes out with his friends and they go to Waffle House and eat God knows what. And he eats, you know, In-N-Out Burger. And, um, you know, he is a teenager and there are, I have no limits. He's allowed to eat anything he wants. But mostly he eats my eating. I make him breakfast every day. I make his lunch for school and I make almost all of his dinners at night. So the majority of his eating is healthy. He knows that protein is very important for him. He knows as an athlete that eating healthy is very important for him. It's obviously a topic we've discussed 3,000 times. He probably could teach it to half of you. (laughs) Now, that all being said, when he goes to college, I think what he eats will be based on where he goes to college and what's available to him. Like when I went to UC Santa Barbara, my dorm food was not super healthy. Now, I do think times have changed. He is going to be a runner in college, so hopefully he will run and be a part of you know the university where maybe they have healthier options. I'm pretty sure at UT, the athletes have a different dorm or a different cafeteria which seems funny to me that they would have a healthier area for athletes to eat. Why not give that to everyone? But I hope that he has that available to him. I think it'll always be harder to eat healthy in college, but I think I have set him up to be a healthy eater for life. And so I know Ashley is the one who asked me this and she has two little ones. And all I can say is introduce them to every food there is when they're young. Make sure you give them vegetables all through the day and every single night with a home cooked meal at night. And they too will be healthy eaters for a long time. So what you teach them now in all these years is what they will do later. Next question. How do you feel about vitamins? Well, I actually did an entire podcast on vitamins. So if you do have any questions about uh, vitamins, definitely go to earnthatbody.com, go to the podcast tab and scroll down to vitamins. I do not take vitamins. I do not take any supplements because they are not regulated by the FDA. Even vitamins are supplements. So I try to eat a healthy balanced diet because really in fact the research has shown that that is better for you than any vitamin you can take. So um, I think if you can get in your fruits and vegetables and your healthy fats and your protein and your healthy carbs that you're probably doing just fine. Next question, has all of your strength training, building and defining muscle come from free weights in your home gym or from machines, or from a larger gym facility. So I would say in the last 10 years, which is how long about I've lived in Austin, um, 100% of my strength training and most of my uh, 
physical development that that you've all seen in the pictures and whatnot comes from home training. I I train 100% at home with free weights. I definitely think that strength training full body two to three days a week with free weights is all it takes, I guess, to get a body like me because that is what I do. I'm not a big person who believes in machines. I'm not... I'm not a fan of machines, but I am a fan of lifting heavy, lifting free weights, and it does not have to be done at a gym. I love to work out at home, but I do think it's important that you have a program to follow. Most people don't know what to do, how long to do it. They won't push themselves as hard unless they're actually doing a video or a program that I give them or a set workout of some sort. So that's the most important thing. But for me, all at home, all free weights. One client wanted to know, what is my favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream is mint chip. I think it has been my favorite ice cream since I was a little girl, and I don't think it will ever change. Um, last question asked, do you intermittent fast? Another topic I've done an entire podcast on. If you are interested in learning more about intermittent fasting, just search my podcasts. I do not intermittent fast. I do not believe in any kind of fasting other than the fast that you do from dinner till breakfast. So when we sleep, we sleep hopefully around eight hours. Uh, Hopefully you didn't eat maybe an hour before that. So now you're looking at nine hours and maybe you don't eat first thing when you get up. Maybe that's 10 hours. Eight to 10 hours a time is the longest period I go without food. So if you want to call that my fast, that's my fast. And that's why they call it breakfast, which is called break fast, right? You're breaking the fast of the evening. In my opinion, that is the only fast you should ever do. Uh, There are different researches out there about intermittent fasting. Again, please listen to my podcast episode because I go through a lot of that. But for the general healthy person trying to lose weight, there is no reason to make this more difficult than it needs to be. We don't have to fast on certain days. We don't have to fast for certain hours on certain days and longer hours on another day. Like people are making this way too complicated. And as I always say, I will never do to myself something that I wouldn't, I would never do to my child. How about I say it that way? I would never do to my child something that I wouldn't do as well. Meaning I would never have my child intermittent fast. I would never tell Charlie, I want you to fast today for X amount of hours. No. And so therefore I would never do it myself either. That's always how I help people figure out if a diet is appropriate for them. Would you put your child on that diet almost Almost always they say, no, I would never do that to my child. Well, then honor yourself with that same respect because if it's not good for them, it's also not good for you. All right, everyone, that was a lot of great questions with a lot of different topics all the way around. I hope I was able to answer your questions, perhaps inspire you with some piece of new information about myself that maybe you can relate to in some way. So I always appreciate your questions. We'll do it again next quarter. Like I said, if you ever have a question, 
shoot me an email, Kim at EarnThatBody.com. Make sure you follow me on social media, EarnThatBody on Instagram and Facebook, because that's where I do a lot of daily posts with inspiration and generally will ask people there, hey, does anybody have a topic for my podcast next week? So it's a great way for you to stay in touch with me and to have that extra engagement. So I always appreciate a follow and any comments um, that you have on social media. Thank you so much for being a podcast listener. If you haven't already, I would love to have you give the podcast a rating and review. Simply go to iTunes or even on your app, you can leave a rating and review for the Earn That Body podcast. It is so appreciated. I don't do any ads or sponsors on the podcast because this is sort of how I give back to the community. Um, So I'm not making money from it, which is just another way for me to reach more people to spread health forward. So if you could give me a rating and a review, it actually helps me reach more uh, podcast listeners in iTunes. So, so appreciate it if you could. And I hope you have a fantastic week. As always, Earn That Body is here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com. Or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.